Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. everybody hey anybody um uh did not get their ping pong or what is this thing bouncy ball from conference anybody want it wow the center section is alive all right the thing is though if i hand this out you have to promise you won't bounce it in the middle of the gathering okay i need like some cross my heart hope to die stick a needle in my eyes anybody know that this is deep 90s maybe 80s there (laughs) oh that's a terrible throw Oh, wow. Awful. Uh, what's the uh, consensus? Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Yay, nay? Yay, nay, yay, nay. Nay, nay, yay, yay. I heard a lot of like, of course they did. And I was like, but they weren't birthed. There was no coming out of the mom. They came from the dust. They're made of dust and divine breath. Sneak preview for Sunday morning. Uh, welcome, everybody. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, it's Stories Night. We're going to hear a little bit of stories, um, but I'm going to give a little bit of preference to Stories Night, why we do this night, um, what are we talking about, why we talk about it, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of reasons to tell a story, a lot of reasons to tell a story. Most of us tell stories to entertain. Yeah, how many of you are like, I just want to one day master telling a funny story. Anybody bad storytellers? Like, you're like, I'm going to start the story, and like 50 minutes later, I still haven't gotten to my, like, main point. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Um, I did whole classes in college, no joke. I did whole classes in college on how to tell stories. Yes, um, it was really fun. Actually, um, I used to listen to this podcast. I don't know if I should recommend it. It's not a bad podcast. Sometimes there are things on there. But it's called The Moth, and their whole thing was, like, story competitions. They, like, travel around the country and, like, give story competitions. There's some really hilarious ones. Look up the one about the man who crossed the English Channel in a bathtub. It's the best story of all time. It's so <laughs> great. Uh, maybe I'll put it. No, 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 no. It's a great story, though. Anyway, there's a lot of reasons to tell a story. Um, and <coughs> you intuitively know um, why someone's telling a story, whether you know it or not. Okay, so I'm going to give a couple examples here uh, from the movie world. How many of you, I might be dating myself a little bit, because I really actually have no idea. Okay, sixth graders, tell me when your birthday was. Like, year. Wait, 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 wait. Sixth graders, what year were you born? 2011? Or 2012? Wow, I graduated high school in 2010. And everyone else is like, what? Oh, man. Holy cow. Okay. All right. Okay, see if you follow with me. How many of you have seen the movie Happy Feet? Okay. Um, Happy Feet is a good example 
Now, please don't take offense to anything I'm about to say, because I have opinions, okay? <laughs> Happy Feet is one of the, like, worst storytelling for a message. It's sweet, it's cute, the music's awesome, but their whole thing is like, be kind to animals, save the penguins, don't put them in zoos, and it's super obvious, super, super obvious, right? Same with like Wally. I mean, Wally is like very like preachy too. It's like the message is right in your face, right? Now let me tell you a masterful storytelling, okay? Same creators. I, we just watched it yesterday, two weekdays ago. I was weeping in my house. <sighs> Up. Up. Up is one that I bet off the top of your head, off the top of your head, I bet you're like, I can't tell you what the point of the story is, maybe, because it's like so intertwined. It's like not in your face, right? Basically, spoiler alert, you watch this man's whole life from the moment him and his boring self met this like beautiful, energetic, spunky gal to the moment that she passed away and they live their whole life together and the whole time they want to go to Paradise Falls. They want to do this big, magnificent, amazing thing and they never do it. And he feels like incomplete. He feels like he let her down. But there's a moment in the story where if they find the cutest kid in the world, he does, Russell, right? It's a talking dog, okay? He's my favorite kid. He's the best, right? But there's a moment where they're sitting and they're talking over a fire and the little boy is telling a story about his dad, right? And he's like, my dad used to take us to ice cream and we used to count the colors of the cars. And he says this line. He says, that may sound boring to some, but I think it's the boring things that matter the most. And that right there is the whole message of the story. Because uh, Carl, this old guy, realizes his entire life, he didn't do his big, amazing thing of taking his wife to Paradise Falls, but in his everyday, ordinary, boring life, he had a beautiful life. That's the point of the story up. Here we go. Oh. It's beautiful. It's not like save the penguins or the plants, which is also important. But, man, it's a beautiful story, and it's intertwined. There are, there are lots of reasons to tell stories. I promise you, one day when you're, like, married, that story's going to hit harder, and I'll tell you that much. I was just like, <laughs> I have a child now. Okay. All right. The point is, there's a lot of reasons to tell stories, uh, but why would we tell our story, right? Why would we share a story? Why is the Bible full of stories? It's chocked full of stories. Um, why, why, what is the purpose of these stories? Are we here to simply entertain? Are we passing on a certain message? Um, and the answers to those questions, I guess, is no, not entertainment. Yes, we have a particular message to pass on. Um, and so that's what I'm going to talk about tonight is why um, are these stories that are going to be shared today going to be shared? Why do we share our stories? I'm going to challenge you at the end of this gathering to share your story. Gasp. Not up here. It's going to be okay. Um, so let's dive into it really quick. If you have a Bible, turn thyselves to Galatians number one, chapter one. <laughs> Who are you right now? Galatians chapter one. Galatians is one of the... Pauline letters, known as an epistle. It's after Corinthians, somewhere towards the last part of the Bible. It's right there in mine. Can you see that, that page number? You found it? Yeah? 
Did I tell you my crusty Bible got fixed? Did I tell you that? Look, guys, look, it's together. And it has all my notes. Some of you are, you're in it with me. And some of you are like, you are a crazy woman. Okay, Galatians chapter 1. I'm secretly just stalling so you can get there in your Bibles. Uh, Galatians chapter 1. <coughs> I'm going to start at verse 11. Um, this is a story. This is a story. It's a letter that Paul is writing to the Galatians. And he, um, after an introduction, uh, tells a little bit about his story. So he says this. Uh, starting at verse 11. He says, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers, he's a Jew, uh, but when he who had set me apart before I was born, and he who called me by my grace was pleased to reveal his son to me, in order that I might preach amongst the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Paul is the king of wrong sentences, by the way. Nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years... I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, that's Peter, and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I'm writing you before God, I do not lie. Paul. Then I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They were only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy and they glorified God because of me. There's a couple things I want us to grab from Paul's story here. Um, and the first of that is that the good news is from Christ alone. I mean, he opens up right there. He says, that, Have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel? For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, you may or may not have heard of Paul's story before, but he was once a man named Saul. And like he says a little bit here, he persecuted the church violently. He tried to kill people. He tried to stone people. Um, literally, he was on the roads of Damascus, and Jesus came out of nowhere and went, BAP! Literally, he fell off a horse. And he was like, huh? I am blind. Um, and Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? He says, who are you? He says, I am Christ the Lord. He saw Jesus face to face. He heard the good news. And uh, throughout those next few days, Jesus, uh, through the Spirit, showed him um, what, what Paul's purpose was to preach the gospel. Um, and so Paul's making it clear that he did not, like, get this message from just a person, that he got it from Jesus Christ. Now think about it. The gospel is not a story that we would make up. Because you look at any movie or any story that we do make up, and who are the heroes? We are right? Like a story where the main character dies, we're like, this is the dumbest story in the whole world. Why were all of you angry at the end of Affinity Wars? Is that the one? It's been so long. <laughs> I haven't watched a movie in a very long time. All right. So like, why are we all mad? Because the bad guys won and the good guys lost, right? Heroes don't lose, right? And we are the story of the hero. But in the gospel story, from the very opening of the story, it's all about us 
the humans breaking everything, <laughs> right? We would not write this story of a story of us uh, broken, unable to save, heal, or free ourselves. More than that, like, we wouldn't write a story uh, about it, the, the hero dying, right? Christ, as the hero of the story, does die. That doesn't make any sense. But this is the story of the gospel, that though we were broken, it was the goodness and loving kindness of our God that he died in the form of Christ so that we might be redeemed from our brokenness. That's the story of the gospel. It's not a story that man made up. The stories you're going to hear today are not stories that we made up because, believe me, on my own, I think I'm awesome. And I don't want Jesus, right? But he has called me. He saved me. He's changed my heart. The good news is from Christ alone. Um, he tells, Paul tells the gospel story through his testimony, right? He says, before Christ, I was an enemy to Christ. I literally hunted and killed God's people who followed the way of Jesus. Check this out. He says, uh, 14, verse 14. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many my own age and among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the um, traditions of my father. He was really well known. He was prestigious. He was feared. He was respected. He was outpacing all of his peers. He was getting A's. He was getting recognized by the scholars of his time. And his primary goal was to destroy the church. But when Christ called Paul, Saul then, changed his name, it changed everything, like his name and more. Christ sought Paul. He pursued him. He called him by his grace. He says that. Uh, and he who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. And it's for that purpose that Paul preaches the gospel. The good news is from Christ alone. And then what we see in the last chunk of Paul's little excerpt here of his story is that the good news is for Christ's glory alone. He spends a lot of time in this passage like talking about like who he talks to and who he doesn't talk to. You're like, why is this significant, Paul? <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody. I went to Jerusalem, and then I went to Arabia, and then I went to Damascus, and I only talked to Cephas and James. I promise. I didn't talk to anybody. You're like, why are you going through all of these names? Um, some of it is, again, to show that this good news came from Christ alone, but it's also to show that none of the people that Paul interacted with gets the glory for what happened in Paul's life. It's Christ alone who gets the glory for the life change in Paul, for the way he went from a murderer to one who now is defending the faith. No one gets the glory but Christ alone. Uh, and then check this out. Um, remember how we read the part about he was, like, well-known and respected and prestigious and people knew him? Uh, look back over to verse 22. He says, at this time, I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. He goes from being uh, prestigious and well-known and respected to for a moment, for a time, he is now unknown. The gospel humbled Paul in such a way that it actually humbles all of us. Because the gospel called Paul to lay down his own name to lay down his own reputation, to lay down his own power and prestige, and to take on the name of Christ. And this is the story for any of us who follow Jesus. Christians are little Christs. That is who we are. And we are choosing to lay down our name. We lay down the name, whatever your name is, insert, 
for me, that's like, it was like a big deal. Like I wanted, I was, my maiden name was Huskison. <laughs> I'm now Huna. Um, but for me, I wanted the name Courtney Huskison to mean something. I wanted to like be on something and be important. And I remember when the gospel called me to lay down my name for Christ's name alone. And this is what it does. The good news is for Christ's glory alone. So that at the end of our days, um, it won't be our own name that people remember or declare, but that they remember the Christ that they saw in us. They remember how they saw Jesus in our lives. And that's what it means to be a Christian. We s- now, here's, here's the, the clincher of the whole story. Verse 23. <coughs> this is the whole point of why Paul shares a story. It says, They only were hearing it said that he who persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorify God because of me. This final reaction of Paul's story, this radical shift in his life, is simply to say they glorify God. And so when we share our stories and we share the good news, we see that the good news, the gospel is from Christ alone. It's for Christ's glory alone. But ultimately, our stories declare the gospel. We share our stories not just to entertain or not to be funny or not make people cry about sweet little old people and their love, right? It's our stories declare the gospel. They declare the good news. Um, And so when we uh, share our stories, when you hear people sharing their stories tonight, um, this is this is the final idea of their story is that God is good, <laughs> that he deserves the glory. Um, and it is a story that has been being told since the beginning of time and will continue to the end of time. It's a story worth wrapping our stories into. It's the story that we have been written into if we are followers of Christ, and it is declare the gospel. Um, so are you ready to hear a couple stories? All right, so we have a couple stories today. Um, uh, so our first story is from our dearly beloved friend, Matthew Floyd. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Uh, Matthew um, started coming a couple years ago. I remember he always sat, like, right there. Like, Foster, like, right where you at? That's where, that's where Matthew would sit every week. And uh, is your buds coming up to stand with you? This is what small groups are for. Everybody go, aww. This is great. I love this. Um, and then I remember um, at some point Matthew decided, like, it's not good enough to sit in the back row. And he just started serving and helping. Um, I'm sure he'll tell more about his story. But um, the difference between who he was before he was baptized and after, I've seen a dramatic difference. So um, are you ready to hear Matthew's story? Give him some snaps. Give me a second here. Testing? Okay. Hello, my name is Matthew Floyd. I am a senior of NGC. I've been attending NGC for two years now, and it's been the best two years of my life, and I mean that with no exaggeration. Never in my life have I ever been more like so impacted by grace and fellowship. I've never been more accepted outside of family. I've never been more invited outside of family. I've never been more heard and understood, forgiven, welcome, encouraged, pleased, 
And above all, I've never been so loved, man. <laughs> I've never been so loved outside of family and inside of family. There are some things that the church family provides more than my own family does. And it's been life-changing, man. <laughs> it's such a blessing that unity is so pleasing, not only to humans, but for God. God commands that humans join in unity, and he, and he commands that uh, humans get together. Psalm 133. <laughs> the question I have is why? Why would the Lord our God give a wretched sinner like me those blessings, let alone anything? Sibling to Christ, forget, like, don't forget, this is just the blessing of unity. That's like one of millions. Where, where am I? <laughs> Bro, what? <laughs> I can't, where did it, what? Christ the, all right, next page. <laughs> Why the Lord is so loving, caring, graceful, faithful, holy, and everything that only a mighty, exalted God, such as Yahweh, can be, I will never know. But this I know with all my heart is that despite my unworthiness and sinfulness and despite that I hated the Lord, his love was and still is steadfast and always will be. The Lord has blessed me with this amazing people of NGC and an amazing time at conference. My heart deepened for my brothers and my sisters and our times of bonding was full of love. Not only am I loved by God, but I'm loved by the people of NGC. I never have had friends that have a genuine love and care for me. They, that they truly want to see me succeed and they they care for me, they're nice to me. They don't ask for medals or money or a promotion of any type. They do the good for the sake of Jesus. They do it to glorify God. I praise the Lord every day that despite our sinful nature, he gives me people that will be nice to me, that welcome me in, always forgive me and always there for me. I praise the Lord for his blessings that he gives me and I praise the Lord for the mighty King Jesus. Thank you. Amen. What I love about Matthew's story is he he talks he can't help but talk about the family of God when he's been invited by Christ. Right? When Christ saves us, um, when he makes us new, he doesn't just like make us new and then leave us. He brings us into a family. And for some of you who have varying degrees of family, like it's such a sweet thing to be a part of the family of God. Um, and so that's part of the invitation. God calls us to himself and to his people. All right, we have one more story. Our good friend Kaya Myers. Uh, Kaya has been at NGC for like exactly one year. We didn't scare her away, guys. She came. Success. Um, she's been a young adult in a young adult ministry, and then she decided that she wants to hang out with some crazy teenagers. She was one of our leaders this conference. This was your first conference event, right? Yeah. Is this your leader? Give her some love. Come on. There we go. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, Kaya has a story to share. We love hearing from uh, our students, but also our leaders uh, have uh, this story to declare the gospel of their lives. So, are you ready? Great. Here we go, guys. All right. Public speaking, not my strong suit, but I'm going to try. Can anybody see me over this thing? I feel very short back here. Hi. Um, yeah, so like Courtney said, I've been here since uh, January 1st of 2023, so almost exactly a year. Um, kind of a crazy story. I'm going to start almost 10 years ago. Um, I was raised in the church. My dad was a youth pastor growing up most of my childhood. Um, we church hopped around trying to find, you know, where our family fit in, where my dad could, you know, be a youth pastor and actually be able to, like, 
preach the word of God and allow students to ask questions and stuff. And he was always kind of shut down. Um, and so after several years of church hopping, me and my, I guess, two older siblings and one younger sibling at the time, wandering church halls, learning and memorizing, you know, where all the rooms are, where the good snacks were kept. Don't tell anybody. Um, after a long time doing that, we ended up moving far away from all the churches that my uh, dad had ever youth pastored at. Um, and just kind of really dove into the family atmosphere of, um, you know, our Christian walk. And so my dad started this thing called Family Church, where every morning for an hour, we would read a passage of the Bible, whether that was a whole chapter from the Old Testament or a small amount of the New Testament. And if it was the Old Testament, we would title the chapter to be able to kind of help us memorize the overall story of the Bible. Um, so yeah, walked the, the good kid Christian life, as I would say it. Um, I was the pastor's kid, all the pressure of, you know, staying in line. And I mean that literally and figuratively because my parents decided with us, so so many kids, there were six of us, that we would all walk in ascending order age-wise. So youngest in the front, oldest in the back, behind my mom. She would sometimes just do circles in the grocery store to see if we would stay in line. Very distracting, but we stayed in line unless, you know, one of us didn't. And then we'd get, you know, a little smack on the leg with a Twizzler, and then she'd eat the Twizzler right in front of us. Um, <laughs> Most parents looked at us like, why is that kid crying? Well, I was like, oh, they just want the candy. It's fine. We all knew what actually happened. But <laughs> it hurt, but it kept us in line, and that was our lives, was very much stay in line, be the pastor's kids, don't do anything wrong, don't make a mess at church, all those things. Um, but I was really only doing those things to impress the people around me, to impress the people at church. I'd love to hear, oh, my gosh, your kids are, you know, they're so good. They're so well-behaved. They all stay in line. That was what gave me purpose, which is terrible not a good thing to give you purpose. Um, and so after years of living like that, um, when I was about 11 or 12, it's kind of all a blur, um, my dad had a conversation with some neighbors of ours and it made him question his own faith. Um, they were some Mormon neighbors. He believed that they were brainwashed and he told them that right to their face and they were like, well, look at your faith, you know, what about you? And after about three or four years of himself on his own, going through the Christian faith, looking at everything he believed since he was a little kid, um, since he was about five, I think, is when he gave his life to the Lord, um, he realized that he didn't believe it anymore. And we didn't know that this was happening the whole time, um, but he ended up coming to one of those family church morning meetings and saying, well, since we no longer trust the Bible as our source of truth, and all of our family was like, come again? What's going on? Uh, that's not how we've lived for the past, you know, for me, 14 years at that point. Um, and we were all shocked. However, unfortunately, most of my family was very relieved because we lived that good Christian life. Um, it was very legalistic. And my siblings, my mom, and even myself a little bit were like, oh, good. You don't have to follow all these rules anymore, um, which now I know is not what Christianity is. Um, but that's how... My family kind of left the church. Uh, again, I was like 14 at the time, and something just didn't sit right with me. I was like, well, I have believed this for 14 years, and you believe this for your whole life. And one conversation with neighbors, and four years later, it's all gone. Um, blessing in disguise, I look back and see it now as a blessing. Um, we lost the house that we were living in. It was sold out from under us, and we ended up moving in with a family from the Christian community that we had cultivated over those years of being Christians. And so I got to move in with my very best friend, which was, I was 12 at the time, so, you know, 12-year-olds aren't the nicest to each other. Um, so I got to live with my best friend, but we bickered, we fought. Um, but 
overall, I got to talk to her parents a whole lot, and they were really strong Christians, still are, praise the Lord. Um, and they learned about, you know, where my family was, what they were going through, and they really encouraged me to stick with it and pray about it and read the scriptures for myself and figure out what I believed because I really had up to that point just believed what my dad believed. Um, so I did that for several years. Um, and more than six years ago now, I think, yeah, more than six years ago, I realized that I do believe in all of it. I do believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he raised from the dead, that he did all of that to save me from my sins and save everybody here from their sins. Um, but I still had to tell my dad that. And a little bit more backstory, my dad, he went to seminary. He knows all of the Christian faith arguments. He knows the arguments against the Christian faith. Um, so me coming to him and saying, I know you know everything there is to know about it, or so you think. And you don't believe it. But I do. Um, really, really difficult for me to do that. Right after I did that, COVID hit. So then I was stuck at home. <laughs> Just let all my parents, my family know that, hey, I don't believe the same thing you do. I, in fact, I believe the exact opposite. And now I'm stuck at home. Um, wasn't the best two-ish years of my life, but it was exactly what I needed to go through to realize that human approval is not my fulfillment because I didn't have the church atmosphere to tell me, way to go, you're doing such a good job, you know, look at you living that good Christian lifestyle. Um, I did luckily still have my best friend's family to come alongside me and say, nope, stick with it. This is exactly where you're supposed to be, even if it's just to be that small light in your family's life still to hopefully bring them back someday. Then my family moved to Washington and I moved away from the church that I was with and far away from my friends and didn't know what I was gonna do about it. Church hopped a little bit, tried to find something, felt like I was right back in that same place, felt like a different life at that point though where my dad was church hopping, trying to find a, a youth group that he could actually pastor and allow kids to ask questions. Um, so I asked my dad, I was like, hey, if I find a church that has a good youth community and a good young adult community, will you let my siblings come to church with me? That's all I'm asking. They don't have to believe it, but will you let them come and be a part of that community? And by the grace of God, his heart was softened and he said that that was okay. So I found a church that has a really good youth community and a great young adults group. And I was like, guess what dad? You have to stick to your deal and you have to let me bring my siblings to church. And my mom also came. And so we all decided to come to NGC, um, my mom, my brother, and I, for the first Sunday of the new year in 2023, um, and we fell in love right away. It was amazing. We had people reaching out to us right off the bat, like, hey, you guys are new here. Can we help you with anything? Can we help get to know the church? There's a young adults group. There's a youth group. There's Wednesday nights. There's Tuesday nights. All the different things. I was like, this is awesome. I don't think I'm ever going to leave. Also, I think I'm going to be here all week because there's so many things to do. Um, went home, and obviously my dad wasn't thrilled about it, but he was okay with the fact that my siblings had a family outside of the family, a friend group outside of the family, um, and outside of the very, very twisted world that we live in. So I continue to pray for my family. I continue to hope that they'll come back to church and come alongside me. And over that year, I met some amazing people, not the least of which is Courtney Hoon over here, and uh, she got me really interested in finally declaring my faith in front of a church family and getting baptized. And some of you might remember, but back in September of 2023, my brother and I got baptized. Uh, Matt Rushing was 
amazing and baptized us because we don't have a dad who wants to baptize us. So uh, we got baptized. My brother still tries to come every now and then, um, but he has crazy work stuff. So by the grace of God, through searching and prayer and people being placed in my life at the right time, an amazing community that I have been blessed to be a part of, I have come back to the church. Some of my family has come back to the church, and we pray every day that my dad will also come back. Thank you. Oh, man. Amen, amen. Thank you, Kaya. Wow. I think what highlights in Kaya's story is that sometimes the hardest people to share faith with is our family. Sometimes. All the time. <laughs> right? Uh, especially if you come from, if you have any unbelieving in your family. Um, that's kind of the hardest place. Um, but I love how many times in your story you said, like, by the grace of God. Because that's like, that's like just literally what Paul says here, right? Like, by his grace, he called me into that grace. Um, so here's what I want to do right now. Um, like I already said, um, the gospel, or our stories declare the gospel. That's the point of our stories. Um, and if you are a Christian in here, you have a story to share. You do. Because Christ has saved you and he has changed you. Um, and our stories <coughs> are the number one way that um, God has equipped us to share his story, to share the gospel and what he's done in our lives. And so uh, what I'm going to do next, I'm going to lead you guys into a time where you're going to turn around to four or five people around you, and you're going to practice sharing your story. Okay? Be brave. Because here's the thing. <coughs> if the Bible is true, we're called to declare the gospel. And yes, sometimes the gospel looks like this. We get up here and we read the Bible and we declare the gospel. Um, but percentage-wise, most of humans, most of Christians will share the gospel one-on-one, face-to-face -face with another human more than they will stand up on a stage and share the gospel, right? Um, and so I remember the first time I had to learn how to tell my gospel story. I went on a missions trip to France, which sounds awesome when there's baguettes and pastries involved. Praise the Lord. Um, really awkward when you're standing in the middle of a street with everybody who speaks French, and they go, okay, go share the gospel. <sighs> okay, so I had to learn how to practice sharing my story. I'm going to teach you how to do it, too. So are they up here? Ha-ha, okay. So here's an example of how to kind of share your story. It's kind of like the before Jesus, I, fill in the blank, I cared most about this, or I was lost in this, or I loved this sin the most. Um, and, and there's a part of the gospel story where it says, man, my sin makes me an enemy of God. It makes me separated from life. It makes me deserving of death. But Jesus loved me and called me to his grace. And now I am free to live his way or free to live from sin or given a purpose or changed in this way. So it's the before, what Christ has done, and after. And yes, um, like Leah mentioned before, even Kaya, who grew up in the church, if you are a church kid and you're like, I've never not known the name of Jesus, um, <coughs> there was a moment Maybe you haven't hit it yet, but there's a moment where you decide, this thing is real for me. So, for example, here's my story in short, right? Uh, before I realized the grace of God, I attempted to live life like it was a class. I wanted to get the grade A, A plus, B was never good enough, and the more and more and more and more I try, this is a true story of my life, I realized that it's an F every single time. But Jesus lived an A-plus life 
and gave that life to me. He died and gave that life to me. So before cry, before God, I stand with a clear record, a clear grade sheet. And because of that, I can now leave, live free of perfectionism. I can live free of self-hatred. I can live free of condemnation. And I can live free of the opinions and the pleasing of others. There you go. There's my testimony in 30 seconds. You can do this too, okay? So <coughs> here's what we're going to do. In the next 10 minutes, maybe 15, maybe 10, um, I want you to focus on your small groups um, as, like, your main group to talk with, um, if that's, you know, if they're around you right now, um, safe place to talk to you. But I want you to, like, five groups of five, seven at max. Don't get too big, because if each of you are sharing a story, I want to make sure you all have a chance, okay? So focus on groups of five. We're going to leave this up here. And I want you to practice sharing. If you literally do not know what to say, just read the board, okay? Now, here's the thing. If you're in here and you are not a Christian or you don't believe this, that is okay, okay? Don't feel pressure to share your story. You can say pass, but I want you to take a moment and listen to those around you. Deal? Okay, uh, 10 minutes on the clock. Quick go. <laughs> 